Mine's good. Life good! Got real close. Got hair high, right? Trying to hit two thirds. Have they saved it for her? Yes, they have! Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Sean, it's been so long since we've last seen you. I'm really excited to get uh, get going on our topic today. I know, it's weird that we live in the same town, and yet we don't see each other that frequently. We really only see each other once a week when we record the podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah, what else do we have to talk about? There's nothing. There, there are no things to talk about. So last week, of course, we talked about the men's teams and where everybody stands in our minds after the shuffle of players during this off season. Today we are going to talk about the women. Uh, of course, last week was, I think, our longest episode we've ever done at about an hour four. Yeah, give an hour or five, take, give or whatever, take. whatever it ended up being. And uh, this week, you know, because it took so long for us to recover from that, uh, all that talking, uh, I don't think we'll go as long with this one, but also because, and we've talked about this before, Scotty, so let's just preface our conversation. I really believe that the women's game is much more concentrated uh, in terms of the, the elite teams. I don't think it has the same depth uh, of, of field, and we saw that, I think, during the Scotties, and one of the main complaints about the new format was that those early week games were good, and I, I don't think that's a reflection of the format. I think it's a reflection of the fact that the the women's game is very concentrated at the top, that there are yeah. three, like, even going into the trials, when we did our preview of that, we thought there was only three or four teams that might be able to win and certainly we didn't think the playoffs was really that much in question in terms of who would be there so you know when we break down the shuffle for the women some interesting things have happened certainly and there are some teams that have had really good seasons that i'm i'm very optimistic about but i still think that we're very concentrated in the women's game yeah and i think it turned out the way we expected at the at the trials so uh you're right about the concentration being at the top and with some of the teams that we've seen, there haven't been a lot of shuffles at the very top, so I don't expect it to change all that much. No, and the, it's the thing, right? Like, I, I think the shuffling has helped a couple teams, uh, sure. certainly, but there's nothing that I think really changes the balance of power too, too much. But let's get into it then. Let's get into uh, it. Let, let's, right let's, into it. Let's break it down. And let's start with, uh, we'll do the same format as we did with the men, and we'll start with the teams that are not changing. Yeah, can you just remind me of the format? It's been Yes, so the format, of course, we are, uh, we're going to talk about teams, and uh, we'll start with the teams that did not change, and then we'll talk about some of the teams that changed, and we're going to rank them as we go. Okay, power ranking style. Power ranking style, we're going to rank them as we go. Uh, the men, we did uh, 10 teams, so we'll do 10 teams for the women as well. And uh, let's start with the uh, teams that stayed together. And again, we are using the Curling Geek Team Tracker for this. And uh, the Curling Geek Team Tracker is spectacular. So let's start with it. And uh, again, going in alphabetical order on the teams that are staying together, your defending Olympic champion, Olympic Canadian trial, Olympic whatever uh, champions. Uh, Team Rachel Holman, I happened to see last night when I was out, Scotty, I didn't tell you this, uh, the two locals on that team, the two players who are still in Ottawa, happened to see them out and about last night, uh, saw Emma Miss Q, 
and Lisa Weagle out having a having a drink on a beautiful Saturday evening in in downtown Ottawa. Wow, um, on the patio somewhere? No, the patio was full oh. by the time they got there. They were relegated. They were relegated. Relegated to the inside. Yeah, oh, wow. uh, but they saw them out and about last night. Uh, so team home, and they announced that they're going to play together uh, moving forward. And I. I Despite the struggles this year, and we, we've talked about this before, that their fall was not great. They had a, obviously a tremendous week at the trials. They struggled in the lead up to the Olympics, and obviously struggled during the Olympics, and struggled pretty much in the few events they played at. They didn't play much after that mm-hmm. um, until the last events. Uh, they just decided to win. They were like, "Oh right, we're good." Right. We're so. Th- this season has not done anything to push me off my position that they're the best team in the country. I agree with you 100%. Uh, they've got to be ranked number one. Coming back uh, with a lineup like this, that there's there's no words to describe how good they are. Uh, we, we saw them sort of decide that they were going to win that event, uh, the Humpty's Champions Cup, and they did. So yeah. number one with a bullet. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's the only thing is like it's dangerous, of course. If it, we see it in all sports, when teams are so good, they can get bored with how good they are. Sure. Um, so that could be a problem for this team. I think. I think their struggles at the Olympics was a bit of a. No, I don't mean that. I mean, I think the fall though. I think the fall was them sort of. You know, they're looking forward to the trials. They're getting ready for the trials, and you just wonder if it's if it's not. This major event, if they really are, if they even care anymore, because that's how good they are. Uh, like, do they care if they win the Shorty Jenkins? Do they care if they win, like, the Oakville Tankard? Like, these events that they play in every year. Like, do they really care about that? I don't know. And does that matter, ultimately? Probably not. Because I think they're good enough that they can just turn it on yeah. when they show up at a Scotty's or at a uh, Grand Slam and, and just... Go for it. You're right, but to me, it doesn't matter. It's it's sort of what do you want to work on any given week? Do you want to take home some cash? Do you want to whatever? Th- this team is good enough that they don't need to prove anything to me to be ranked number one on our list. No, and I think just as importantly too, they they don't have to prove anything to anyone else. Like, and they know no. it. Like yeah. they show up in an event if they struggle, they just say yeah, like we struggle. Yeah, and that's what happened at the Continental Cup. That's that's exactly it. They said, oh, you know what? We didn't have a good week. Uh, we didn't have a good four days. Yeah, it was almost, it, honestly, in one of the scrums with Rachel, it almost felt a little Belichickian, mm. you know, it was like, onto, the, <laughs> onto Kansas City. Yeah. Right? She was like, yeah, it's onto the Grand Slam. Like, so, mm. uh, and that's a, obviously a good a- attitude to have. So we put them number one. Now, next up in the teams that are staying together, this is the team that has uh, vexed me the most, perhaps, because I think they could be the best team in the country. They just don't play enough, and that is Kristen McCarvel. Exactly. Kristen McCarvel's team, they're, they're honestly probably my favorite women's team out there. They're so uh, nice and fun, and it looks like they're having fun playing, and Kristen McCarvel is so, so, so good. And it's like you said, if, if they played more, maybe maybe they'd have that extra edge. But Kristen McCarvel can show up to a Scotties and shoot you know 85% for the week. Uh, without playing much on tour at all, and she's just so 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 good. Uh, she keeps her team in it. Uh, Kendra Lilly is uh, a really really strong third. 
and this team staying together for another four years, you know, I'll, I'm excited to see what they can do. Yeah, I'm curious too because what we've seen from this team, of course, one of the reasons they don't play on tour as much as some of the other teams are their family commitments. And uh, I wonder if in a couple of years, right, their families will be a little older, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in the lead up to the next Olympics, they could devote more time to playing. And well, we'll we'll have to see, you know. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I, I am curious about this. The, the sort of the timing of how these things work out, mm-hmm. and if with their kids being a little older, that maybe they they could take more time. And obviously, the career for all these women is a factor in this as well. Not wanting to take too much time away from their respective careers. So you know, it's not just family. Uh, there's career factors in there as well, and playing in Northern Ontario. A little more expensive, certainly, than playing on the prairies mm-hmm. or southern Ontario because there's not a lot in northern Ontario. So you gotta yeah, you gotta travel for everything. For everything, so. it's it's not quite as bad as being on the east coast, of course, but it's it's certainly not the most convenient location to play uh, financially to to get everywhere. But this is a team that, uh, and we see it, we've seen it in so many Scotties where they they get there and they're you know one and three or you know three and four. And then they just win all the games because they finally figured out the ice. Yeah, because that's really how good, good they are. They they're can really just they good. can do that. Um, so I would put them currently in the two teams that we've discussed. That they're not better than Rachel Holman. No, but no. Uh, certainly uh, a very very good team. Uh, so they would be in the two slot right now. Uh, and now uh, the third team I want to talk about, Scotty. This is a team that I think is the most interesting team in the country right now mm-hmm. because of the changes that have happened around them. But they're staying the same. That is Casey Scheidegger. Yeah, Casey Scheidegger coming out of Alberta. You talked to me before we recorded there, and you said you think they might be the team that benefited the most from all these shakeups, yeah, which I, is one of the teams that stayed together, which yes. is really interesting. Yeah, so from everything that happened around them, I think – this team comes out of the the shakeups really, really strong in a really, really good position because coming out of those changes, I think Alberta is a little worse than it was this season. Val Sweeting, as we'll talk about, is gone. Chelsea Carey's team, I don't think, is quite as strong as it was. And Casey Scheidegger is the defending Alberta champion, and I think Alberta opened up a bit. And this is a team that plays on tour a bunch. That's how they got to the roar mm-hmm. of the rings. Mm-hmm. It's a team that we'd never seen on a national stage before, and they had an automatic entry into the roar of the rings. Now, part of that, of course, is the concentration that Jones and Holman won so many events themselves yeah. that those events that had guaranteed spots were able to go to tour points, but they play so much, and... You know they're not. I mean they're they're not like a young team. They're not like a team just coming out of juniors or anything. Mm-hmm. But they're a team that we've seen them play really well, right? We at the row or the Roar of the Rings, they probably should have won more games than they did. They played so many close games. They had a great week at the Scotties, and I think they are very well positioned to have a big, big four years if they decide to stay together. I I can't disagree with anything you said, Sean. It's it's true. They're a team that's on the rise. And, you know, uh, barring any unforeseen setbacks, uh, we'd have to see them, uh, you know, competing on tour and at national events next year. I, I think I think you're bang on. Yeah, so the question then for the purposes of our experiment right now is do you rank them ahead 
of Kristen McCarvel or not. And I would. Sean would. I would. Um, I think because they play so much. That To me, that's the determining that's factor. That's the determining factor? I think Kristen McCarvel probably, that team could be better. Right? If you played, if you just took them right now, right? So we're in the summer, no one's playing. If you just t- took the eight of them and put them on a sheet and said you're playing a best of seven series right now, Kristen McCarville, I think, would win mm-hmm. that best of seven series. But in terms of putting everything together for a season, I would have to put Casey Scheidegger ahead mm-hmm. of Kristen McCarville. Now, you mentioned that Casey Scheidegger may have benefited most from the shakeup. I, I might say that Kristen McCarville's team did because Tracy Fleury won't be playing in Northern Ontario anymore. Very true. So, you know, when I spoke to, to Krista at the Roar of the Rings after everything was over, and we were in the patch there, and I said, oh, you know, I'll be cheering for you all at uh, the Scotties. And she said, well, we got to get there. And I, <laughs> right. at that time, I was like, of course you're going to get there. Who's going to beat you? But sure enough, Tracy, Tracy Fleury uh, came out and, and beat them. So, you know what? Uh, it's pretty close to me. But, uh, yeah, let's put Scheidegger ahead of McCarville based on the playing, like you yeah. say. yeah. And we talked in our men's preview last week, we talked a lot about uh, Tanner Horgan and mm-hmm. that team, of course, and, and Tracy Fleury, Tracy Horgan. Right. Uh, so obviously a, a great family of curlers uh, coming out there. Exactly. And, and yeah. we're going to talk about their we'll, team. We'll talk right. about Tracy Fleury. So let's talk now. Let's move to the teams that have had changes with them. And I think the team that most people are curious to see how this plays out, of course, is Carrie Anderson. Uh, going with the all-skip squad, bringing in Shannon uh, Burchard, Brianna Mayer, and Val Sweeting. Val Sweeting going to play third, Shannon Burchard second, which we saw, of course, at the Scotties with Jen Jones and Brianna Mayer. Uh, four skips coming together, uh, and they are going to play out of Manitoba. This is a real uh, Hail Mary's type lineup, <laughs> I'd say. It's boomer bust. Yes. It's one of those situations where it's either going to work and they'll be one of the best teams in the country, or it's going to blow up in their faces. There, there's equal chance of both, as far as I'm concerned. I, I think all of these players are great players, but how they're going to work together will be the struggle. And I, I hearken back to that first year of Kevin Cooey playing with uh, Langer and Mark Kennedy and Ben Hebert, and how they struggled out of the gate to figure out the dynamic of their team. And I think it's going to take this team at least a year to figure it out if they do figure it out at all. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. It'll, it'll take some time to figure out the roles, to figure out the communication, right? Four skips together is going to be mm-hmm. tough. It's, you know, they're all chefs, right? And, yeah. you know, there's, there really has to be one voice. And when it gets down to it at the end of the game and it's, you know, we have to play one shot and there's a discussion, you know, who has that voice? Right. Um, and figuring that out, that'll take some time. So, yeah, it would not be surprising to see this team, you know, with the first couple Grand Slams, you know, go one and four. No, of right? course. Or go course. 0 and five or whatever it is. And uh, But that I don't think that is necessarily an indictment on this, on the team and the idea of putting them together. It's just taking the time mm-hmm. to, to figure it out. And you need to make sure there's buy-in from everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's all well and good to say, oh, yeah, we're going to play together. It'll be great. But when it comes down to that, you know, strategy session in the eighth end at a Grand Slam when you're trying to figure out what shot to play and you all have different ideas, you need to be able to you know, scrap that yep. and and have the skip throwing, have Kerry get in the hack. 
And the other thing that that if Carrie Anderson's really going to be the skip of this team, I mean, we've seen her have really great uh, success at at the Scotties this past season, of course. But we've seen her miss big shots mm-hmm. uh, in the semifinals at the Humpty's Champions Cup. You know, she had a shot to win the game and missed it. And before she threw it, I said, I bet she's going to miss it. Right. I just, I don't feel super confident with her throwing. Uh, I'm sure she feels confident, which she has to. Yeah. Right? But I'll be interested to see what happens when she does miss a couple of those shots. If there's any, you know, clamoring for the a lineup shuffle. Right. Well, we wondered about that with the old team, right? Because mm-hmm. there was obviously some interpersonal dynamic sure. issues with that that squad so maybe this will be better in that and that could actually be beneficial and uh now this is going to sound maybe a bit of a, a not an ideal comparison because i'm going to compare it to maybe the best player ever but uh i think it's possible that she right now is kind of like an early kevin martin um, Go on. So Kevin Martin, early in his career, could throw it very hard, made a lot of hits. His issue is with some of the softer stuff. I see a lot of the same thing with Carrie Anderson, that she can throw it hard. And when she goes to throw a hit, she's going to make it way more often than not. And where she, I think, has struggled has been more on the softer stuff. And once she can get that under control, and playing with Val Sweeting, I think will be good for that. Because you know Val, Val could throw it hard, but Val's strength is the softer weight and sort of those touch shots and if Carrie can figure that out she's going to be very very good and that's the same thing that Kevin Martin was in the 90s but well I think your comparison is ridiculous but <laughs> but Val Sweeting is the best shot maker on this team right right now she is I don't know if she will be in two years but right now yes right so I any t- anytime the team has third as their best shot maker I don't really like their chances I would feel way more comfortable with Val Sweeting throwing that fourth rock versus Carrie Anderson well, that, but, but that's interesting because we've seen Val struggle a lot over the past couple of years and when she struggles her team struggles to yes. win right yeah so I, I actually like this move to go to third because of that Okay, and have her be the best third in the country like, okay. w- like, why not? Well, you know, like Caitlin Laws might have something to say about that, but sure. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Be amongst the best thirds in the country. Uh, and, and I have no problem with that. I, I, If I was, if you gave me these four people, I would probably set this lineup the same way. Hmm, interesting. Okay. So, where would you put them now that we've sort of had this uh, contentious debate yeah, over, cool. over where they stand? So, where would you put them I, in I would list? put them below Krista McCarvel. I think Krista McCarvel's team is better. I, I, because I think Chris is better than Anderson. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, uh, and again, the unknown with this team sort of has to linger in our minds, and it, until we can see them. Yeah, I uh, think we, we can give a bit of the benefit of the doubt, but until we see them play, you know, I'm not confident putting them in the top three in the country. Yeah. So, uh, so the next team that we want to talk about that has had some changes, uh, Chelsea Carey, a whole new team, and we've seen Chelsea do this a few times in her career is having uh, completely new squads. Now, Sean, you said to me that you think her team is not as good as the team that she had last season. Correct. This new team, uh, 
just to reset uh, who that team will be, is she's taking Val Sweeting's old front end in Rochelle Brown and Dana Ferguson. And then adding in uh, Sarah Wilkes, who played with, I think, Shannon Clyburn last year. So you think this team is not as good. Uh, please explain. <laughs> well, last year she played with a Hall of Famer, Kathy Overton Clabin, uh, one of the best women's players uh, that we've ever seen on tour. And uh, Jocelyn Peterman, a very good front end. And Lady Lainey Peters, uh, she's obviously a very experienced player, been around for a long time, a, a great lead in a variety of ways. Like, I think she's a good sweeper, great thrower, and the experience was, I think, really helpful mm-hmm. to Chelsea Carey. So, you know, you're not going to have Lainey Peters come down and be like, oh, I've never seen that before, because she's seen all the things. <laughs> so I, I think that's just a, a really, really good team that had a chance to represent Canada at the Olympics. I don't think this team is as good. I, I just think those three players are better than these three players. Well, and that... I, I, or, or at the very least, they have stronger resumes than these three players. Sure, you can have a stronger resume, but I think right now... Sarah Wilkes is as good as Kathy Orton Clapham today, okay, as a player, and and so, you know, uh, having this front end that's played in national finals, uh, I think will be fine. Okay, I, I think Rochelle Brown is like a great lead, really strong sweeper. Uh-huh. Dana might be, you know, the weak link on the team, but when she's throwing well, when she's playing her hits well. She's quite good. Okay, Jocelyn Peterman is better than she is. Yeah, yeah, Jocelyn Peterman's a great a great player, sure. So maybe you could argue that, but... Right, so I don't think this... T- I'm not saying that this is not a good team. I'm saying it's not as good as... This is like the Kevin Cooey debate we had last week, where, you know, the Kevin Cooey 2017-18 team, I think, would beat the Kevin Cooey 2018-19 team. I think the Chelsea Carey 17-18 team would beat the Chelsea Carey 18-19 team. That's all I'm saying. And as a result, I think that benefits Casey Scheidegger. I, un- I understand your point. I, I don't know if I agree that it's enough of a difference to make it, oh, this is the door swinging open for Scheidegger, you know? Well, she doesn't need it that much. I mean, she already beat Chelsea Carey. Yeah, right? yeah, like yeah. She's ar- she already won the provincial with that old team. And then if this team gets a little weaker, that's even better than for Casey Scheidegger. Like, Casey Scheidegger doesn't need any favors. Like, she's very, very good. It's a very good team and that has already won a provincial that had the old Chelsea Carey team in it. Mm-hmm. So this new Chelsea Carey team, if they're not quite as good, that's even better than for Casey Scheidegger. That's what I'm saying. Okay, fine. Uh, I, under- <laughs> I understand what you mean. Uh, this team, I think, is really still quite good. And... To, to my mind, I wouldn't be surprised to see them beating Casey Scheidegger in, Al- in an Alberta final. So if we're talking about where we're going to rank them yes. on our list here... Go. I think I would put them... Yeah, ahead of Scheidegger. I'd put them number two. You'd put them two. I think that is insane, what you just said. Uh, I don't think that makes any sense at all that you would put them not only ahead of Casey Scheidegger, I wouldn't put them ahead of Kristen McCarville either. I want to see it. I really want to see it first. Um, so for me, I would probably put them fourth right now. But you could talk me into putting them ahead of Kristen McCarville, again, on the volume thing, and that they play more. Yeah, okay. Well, let, uh, we'll put them at four. I understand your point about you know seeing it before. And I do really like McCarville, so 
So That's fine. So we'll put Chelsea Carey at number three. So the next team that we need to talk about, your defending world champion, Jennifer Jones, with Jill Officer stepping back. Uh, as we record this, I don't think it's been announced where she's going to do TV next year. <laughs> but I'm sure she'll do it somewhere. And uh, Jocelyn Peterman, the aforementioned Jocelyn Peterman, coming in to take that second position. And, you know, we saw this team... Um, We've seen this team a bunch, obviously. Uh, they've had to make a change to the rule on Team Canada, the Scotties, to allow them to come back. Because, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Caitlin Laws was gone uh, and Jill Officer was there. So they'll have two players at this year's Scotties who did not play in last year's Scotties, forcing the rule change. But uh, defending world champion, there's really not much you can say. Uh, Jill Officer may be the greatest women's second that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, so obviously, that's uh, losing her is a big, uh, a big thing for this team. Uh, Jocelyn Peterman, though, might be one of the best front end players. Yeah, and still in the game. We'll see. This team is gradually getting younger, right? As you know, first you had Caitlin step in, <laughs> and then a few years later, okay, now we're going to put in uh, Jocelyn Peterman. And so what you're saying is that Don McEwen really needs to watch her back. <laughs> I, I, I think so. You know. Feels like Jennifer is just getting uh, sort of this uh, ringer squad, bringing in all the young uh, talent. So, uh, you know, it'll be the same thing: team dynamic changing, right? But I don't think this team will lose a beat with uh, Jocelyn Peterman in there. Like, she's one of the best seconds in the country. Uh, she's always positive. Uh, I always will remember when they they won the. Uh, the, the, the Scotties with her saying, uh, trust it, Chelsea, trust, trust it. it, trust it. So, <laughs> it was uh, like, she's good at supporting the skip. Yeah. Uh, well, whichever, you know, sports psychologists gave them trust it. Uh, if I meet that individual, I would like to, you know, <laughs> take like WWE style, take a steel chair, just like go to town. Well, what about, uh, how are you throwing it, Rach? Oh, that one's kind of annoying that one's, too. That yeah. One's, uh, yeah. How are you going to throw it? Yeah. Straight through, straight through. Uh, but but this team is really good. I would put them at number two behind Holman. Yeah, I think the debate really is: are they one or two? Right. Uh, can you put them ahead of Rachel Holman at this point? I, I they're obviously not lower than two. Uh, the question is: can you make an argument that they're better right now than Rachel Holman? And honestly, for all the, the debate that we've had about the Scotties format, I wonder if anybody would complain, other than probably TSN. But Vic would love this. If we took the Scotties and we just made it a best of 11 series between Rachel Holman and Jennifer Jones, one game a day, uh, or I guess two, there'd have to be a couple of days with two games and just run it through <laughs> and see what happens. Because I think they're clearly the best two teams in the country right now. I think they are. And because of the shakeup, I would put Jones at two. Just because they they're gonna have a little something to work yeah, out. Yeah, there will be a learning curve. Yeah, uh, for this this squad. All right. So that's that's what I would say. All right, that's fair. So that pushes everyone else down another slot uh, in our our rankings as we move on to uh, another team that aforementioned opens up Northern Ontario a bit with Tracy Fleury leaving, mm-hmm. and she is picking up Carrie Anderson's team. Yeah, the, the other three are going to be playing. With her, so the new team flurry will be Tracy Flurry with Kristen McCush, Liz Fife, and Selena Kitts. So, this team is really interesting to me because 
of what I said before with Carrie Anderson, how I didn't think she was a very good shot maker at skip. And I think Tracy Flurry is a better shot maker than Carrie Anderson. Okay. I, I, that's, I think that's reasonable. On draws for sure. She's lights out with drawing. Yep. And that team made the Scotties final this past year. Yes. So so adding in a, a shot maker who is arguably better at skip, I think this team has moved up uh, a level. I think they're better than they were last year. So that, that said, you know, I think Liz Fife sometimes will have some hiccups in the middle of games where she'll uh, flash appeal or, or nose or like just miss a run back, you know, here or there. But overall, she's a quite a very, very good player. So this team, I, I would say, uh, they might be, in my mind, the favorite to come out of Manitoba for next season without Jennifer right, Jones, Jones, Jones in there. Yeah. So yeah, that's. I think they're going to be really good, and and Tracy's been a really good skip for a long time, a real good leader of the team. Uh, she's very confident in calling a game. Yes. Yeah. And I think if the rest of the team can get behind it, this is this is going to be a good good team. Yeah. So the one thing I'll say though about this team that that I think there's a learning curve here is that as I mentioned with Carrie Anderson, Carrie very good hitter, and therefore a lot of her strategy lent itself to hitting. Uh, Tracy Fleury, as you mentioned, really good at the softer stuff. And in watching her games, she calls a game then to to lend itself more to the softer stuff. So I wonder for the other three players if there will be a bit of a switch and they'll be playing more draws versus hits. Uh, maybe not overall, but in terms of just the, the proportion will be off a little bit. And uh, and that's not to say they can't do it, but that stylistic change for those three, maybe it'll just take some time yeah. for them to get used to it. Well, I think some of the success that Tracy Fleury had in the past couple of years, bringing Crystal Webster over from Alberta caused her to simplify the game a little bit and uh-huh. know when to attack. Right. Right? And so maybe she's able to translate some of that with the, with this team here. But, I, you know, I'm I'm pretty bullish on them, to be honest, overall. Yeah, I think you're more bullish on them than, than I am, uh, certainly. But I, I do think that this will be a very, very good team. And, yes, if they're not in the Manitoba final next year, again, it's weird, like, you know, anyone, you can lose a game. Yeah, or, yeah, finals anyway, or semifinals, like they're, they're, sure. they're very strange. But, yeah, they, they should. And Manitoba does the... They don't do a round robin or anything. They they still do the ABC draws. Yeah. Uh, so it's always hard to follow that uh, sort of format from afar, at least. And wow, there's uh, just so many teams that are good, right? Yeah, there's so many teams in those Manitoba playdowns. Uh, but this is a team that yeah, you would expect to do really, really well on tour. And uh, you know the, those interpersonal things. Um, you know, the, if they can all be in a situation where they really get along on and off the ice, that can only be a good thing. I think uh, from the outside looking in, it, Tracy Fleury seems pretty easy to get along with, so yeah, I don't really see that much of a problem. And if this team decided to stay together, except for Carrie Anderson, their dynamic amongst the three of them must have been okay. Exactly, yeah. So uh, And because of that, because the three of them are together, uh, they'll be able to have automatic entry to a lot of events. That's because right. they're carrying a lot of points with them yeah. uh, from last year. So that's a good sign for that team. So in terms of the rankings then, where we would put them, in looking at our list so far of Holman, Jones, Scheidegger, Carey, McCarville, Anderson, I think I would put them five. 
I think I would put them below Chelsea Carey, but ahead of Kristen McCarvel. Yeah, that's that's. I was debating that in my head. Certainly ahead of Carey Anderson, given the four skips, the whole new squad and everything. So I'm fine with five, yeah. I think that's uh, not bad. So we'll slot them in at number five, which means that McCarvel slides to six. Carey Anderson fly, slides down to number seven. So let's move on. Then two, Allie Flaxy. Allie Flaxy uh, picking up uh, her stakes and headed out to Manitoba. Heading west. So she's going to be playing with Renora Westcott, Kate Cameron, and Taylor McDonald. Uh, so we've seen, of course, Kate Cameron, Renora Westcott play with Michelle Englott mm-hmm. the past couple of years, uh, Scotty's final, and being Team Canada at the Scotties this year. And Taylor McDonald, we have seen, uh, I believe, in a Scotties before. Uh, certainly, as a we've seen her as a junior player, uh, I'm, I'm fairly confident in that. Uh, but a, a younger player still. Yeah, she played with Chelsea Carey that year that she went to Alberta. So we have seen her play uh, on the on the tour a lot, and then played with um, whom? Who am I forgetting here? Uh, uh, with Kelsey Rock. Yes, of course. She yes, came out yes, of juniors, yes, right? Yes, yes. So, yeah, she's an experienced player. Has been around uh, for a few years now, and this this team, I don't know, Sean. Uh, I'm not as bullish on them uh, bringing in Ali Flaxy as the skip versus uh, Team Tracy Flurry bringing in uh, bringing in their skip. Mostly because I'm not as confident in the abilities of of Ali Flaxy versus uh, Tracy Flurry. Right, and I think that's reasonable because whenever we've seen Ali Flaxy at big national events, uh, whether it be the Roar of the Rings that we saw her in December, uh, the couple Scotties she's played in, she has not had the greatest of weeks at these events. So she has struggled on these big stages. So I think it's reasonable to have that doubt about her. Uh, but I will say this, that I think that Kate Cameron is the best third she's ever played with. Yeah, I, I, some of the struggles that she's had could definitely be attributed to the lineup in front of her not being as strong. Still strong, strong players, you know, yeah. national caliber players. Yeah, and this is where we should probably qualify everything, is that all of these players are better than us. <laughs> well, I mean, let's... let's <laughs> They're all better than us, <laughs> like... Yeah, so... Well, we we did beat David Mathers uh, a couple years ago, so they're not all better. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. No, we actually... No, we beat David Mathers. That's, well, not, a, that's not a joke. No, we, and, we, and it, it was a draw to the button, right? Yeah, you played, a, but we won. I beat I beat him in a straight-up draw to the button. Yes. Now, it might have been drunk, but... Yeah, it might have been one thirty in the morning, but... but still any, counts. But anyway. anyhow, this this team, yeah, I... I you know, I'll, I'll have to see what Ali Flaxy can do... Uh, with this type of lineup. You're right, Kate Cameron is probably your best third. Uh, no shots at Clancy Grandy or anything, but... No. Uh, but you're right, and she'll hopefully be able to keep things a little more simple for her, uh, and and maybe they can parlay that into some wins. But as of the teams we've talked about from Manitoba so far, I'd have to say they're, they're definitely the third. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely fair. And uh, I just... When Kate Cameron is on, she is so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if she can make it easier for Allie Flaxy, then that's probably a really good sign. And I do wonder too about Caleb Flaxy, too being there because I'm sure he'll be around. A bunch, yeah, he's going to um, coach the team as the coach. So uh, and he's been a, a very good influence on Brad Jacobs and and the Jacobs team. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I I think having someone like that around who's experienced, 
who's been to world championships and, and all these other things. I think that can only help a team, uh, especially a new team coming together, right? And, you know, yeah. for as much as people have problems sometimes with Brad Jacobs and the way his team uh, acts on the ice, uh, Caleb Flaxey, coming from that environment with those guys, have played together for so long, obviously get along really well. Any sort of trepidation about these four people coming together you know, he would have strategies sure. on team management and these sorts of things. So they, you know, early in the year and in this first year together, because of that, they could actually be ahead of the game. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh, we'll see how they do on tour at the beginning of the season. You know, that'll tell a lot. I wouldn't expect them to, to make the Scotties this season, but I think it'll be a building year, and, you know, we'll see what happens with Team Anderson, uh, what they do, and see how that might impact uh, this Flaxy team moving forward. Absolutely. So where would you rank them on our list right now? I, I, I personally, I might put them at number eight. They're the eighth team we've talked about. I don't yeah, know if I would I, rank them ahead of anyone who we've talked about. No, like we've talked about, the, the last two on our list are there, are uh, Anderson, McCarville, and then Fleury ahead of that, and I would put them as the third team in Manitoba. Yeah. So eight overall is what I'd go with. Yeah, so that's Ali Flaxy and that new team out of Manitoba. Then the other uh, team that we do want to talk about here is, of course, the team skipped by Jackie Harrison. Yeah, former team Flaxy. Yes. So we saw already where former team Anderson picked up a new skip. Uh, to come along and and make their team complete, and Ali Flaxy's team seems to have done the same thing when Ali decided to move there uh, yeah. out to Manitoba. So they've got they picked up Jackie Harrison to skip them, which I think is a really good idea. Uh, Jacqueline Harrison has been uh, to some Ontario finals and stuff yeah. uh, before. Played on tour a bunch, a lot, a lot, and will bring a lot to this team. And so it'll be. It'll be this team sort of taking their next step in development. Yes. Um, Clancy, Grandy at third, playing without Ali Flaxy. They've been together for a long time, so we'll see how that goes. And then uh, Lynn Kriviasek and Morgan Cord at front end have been a pretty strong front end over the past few years. Mm -hmm. We saw them at the Scotties in 2014, uh, that whole team come there. So they've been playing together for at least that long, maybe a bit before. And... I think this is a team in Ontario that uh, could put up some noise and and make a run towards the Scotties next season. Yeah, I would say this is a team that uh, very much hopes that Curling Canada gives Rachel Holman the wild cards uh, position mm-hmm. at the uh, at the Scotties, so that they obviously have a better chance. But yeah, I think once you get past Rachel Holman, that Ontario is pretty wide open uh, for the rest of the teams. And this is a team that you would look at and say that there's, I don't think there's anyone in Ontario, you know, again, if Rachel Holman gets this wild card spot, it'll be interesting to see if they give it to them. I don't think there's anybody who you would say right up front that is definitely 100% better than them in the province. No, so going no. into a provincial uh, minus Rachel Holman, that you would, they could be one of the favorites. Yeah, you would be looking at them for sure. Yeah, I mean, we've got teams like uh, Julie Tippin. Uh, they made a change. They brought in Megan Balston. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, Team Danielle Inglis, who we played against in the yep the Perry there in, in Ottawa. They're pretty good. Um, we have the team that uh, that won last year with uh, Team Duncan, who still they're, need a player. They need a player still, but uh, you know they're they're a team that's been there now once and could 
make a run again. So yeah, and Jen Hannah still plays. Jen Hannah uh, still plays. She still right? goes. Uh, they don't play on tour all that much, mm-hmm. but they still go and, and they'll play uh, the provincial and the playdowns. And if they get to a provincial, I'm not ever going to say that Jen Hannah can't win. No, you're right. Uh, right. Yeah. So so there's team. There's a bunch of teams that are sort of at that tier. That's a step below, you know, Holman and Jones and all that. Yeah. Uh, but that's why Ontario, I think that's why Ontario is so interesting when Holman isn't there, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, and again, I've, I've suggested on this show that I, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point Rachel Holman is playing out of Alberta with uh, Joe and Courtney and um, having Emma Miskew be the import. Mm-hmm. And that, that would really open up Ontario a lot more. But like this year when she was gone at the Olympics in the past, when she's been Team Canada, uh, Ontario gets really interesting because you have all these teams that play a bunch on tour yeah. and uh, are good teams. And we saw like, Holly Duncan made it to that championship round. Uh, I think because they had to play in a tiebreaker, uh, that that contributed to their struggles in the championship round, uh, having that extra game yeah. and having to play the three games on the, the Thursday or the Wednesday, whatever day it was. Really, sort of just you could just see it in their faces that they were they were done. Uh, yeah. They were exhausted after that, but certainly it, it's a province that has a lot of good teams uh, as a, as a great team, and then a lot of really good teams, mm-hmm. and so it's it's a very interesting province to to follow. Uh, now that being said, out of the nine teams we've talked about, I would probably rank Jackie Harrison in this team ninth. Yeah, I, I won't uh, give you any argument there. Uh, there. They're one of those teams that I thought would be kind of interesting to talk about the dynamic of them bringing in a new skip versus Tracy Fleur bringing in a new skip. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm excited to watch them at the playdowns. What? Where did we say the playdowns were last week? We said that they are going to be in, well, the men's, the tankard is going to be in Elmira, oh, Ontario. In Elmira. Yeah. Uh, the women's, we did not discuss where the women's will be because they do usually separate them out because uh, they are not held at the same time. Uh, yeah, so. I think they are going to hold them at the same time. Oh, are they really? In Elmira, yeah. At the same time. They don't usually do that, though. I think they started the last year. Oh, okay. Year. That's a good idea. I, li- I kind of like that. Rather than like create two sets of arena ice and trying to sell tickets at two different places, concentrate it all, have it all together. I, sports, none, I don't think, likes it because they like to have their full day of you know women's finals mm-hmm. and then a full day of men's finals but and then the super bowl what a great day that was yeah two tvs that weren't enough at some points yeah uh in the in the coverage of it but that's because the scotties was going on at the same time yeah uh, which won't so be the case next won't be the case next year now uh, so those are the nine teams now we agreed on the nine teams the first nine teams that we would put in right to rank we had a lot of discussion as to what the 10th team would be to put in now scott Here's what I'm going to put in as the 10th team. Okay, Sean. Everybody else. Everybody else. The field. So the field is the 10th team uh, for me. So, you know, if you want, we can talk. Kerry Galusha, as we record this, still looking for a fourth player. I love that they've tweeted about anyone want to come north and play with us. Uh, But that's a team that, uh, with Sarah Colton, I think can do a lot of really good things. Uh, Certainly uh, making it out of the territory but also, mm-hmm. out, of, out of Scotties, I was very bullish on them going into this year's Scotties. So that's a team that I think will be interesting, depending is that, is that on Megan, who we get. Megan had a baby, is that why? Uh, I'm not sure or why. Going uh, on sabbatical anyway. Yeah, yeah it's okay. sort of taking a, a step away uh, from the game, at least for a season. Uh, you mentioned Team Duncan. Uh, mm-hmm. They're still looking for a player. Sherry Anderson has reformed a team uh, and 
who knows, they might be the favorite coming out of Saskatchewan. Uh, mm-hmm. That being said, Stephanie Lawton, Lawton. is coming back, uh, so there'll be another team in Saskatchewan that'll be tough to play out of, uh, to play off of. Out of BC, you have Carla Thompson with a new team, and mm-hmm. we'd be remiss, of course, if we didn't mention Kelsey Rock uh, reforming uh, a new team around her, former World Junior Champion mm-hmm. uh, there. So obviously a team that, you know, these young teams that come out of junior, take some time for them to come together uh, and play really well. Uh, we also have Joanne Rizzo, who's going to skip after playing with Sherry, Sherry Madoff for so long. Lee Armstrong is going to continue to play there. That'll be an interesting team to keep an eye on. You have uh, Team uh, Murphy as well coming out, uh, playing together. Uh, that'll be, uh, of course, another team to keep our eye on. And then, of course, Laura Crocker uh, and her team uh, that are coming out as well. So I, I'm putting it the field as the other team because out of all those teams, the it's one of these things that's interesting. Like, I would not be surprised to turn on Sportsnet in October at a Grand Slam and see any of those teams in a quarter semifinal. Yeah, sure, sure. And of course, in the women's side, we've talked about it before that the world field is a little bit stronger. Yes. So a lot of these teams don't get the opportunity to go to as many of the Grand Slams because, you know, the top women's teams in the world are all going and earning those spots. Yes. So... So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think uh, we've narrowed it down to nine teams that are pretty good, giving the field the 10th spot, saying, hey, it's open to anybody who wants the 10th spot in the uh, Game of Stones power rankings. Come and earn it. It's a very coveted spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that's the interesting thing, too. The internationalization uh, being so strong on the women's side does take away opportunities from some of these Canadian teams to play in the Grand Slams, mm-hmm. play in some of these other events. That's why I think it's the Masters that has a Tier 2 event that goes on simultaneously. That's Carrie right. Anderson won it this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who wins that next year uh, and who has a good week there because I think you know, we don't put too much stress on a lot of the Grand Slams, uh, certainly in terms of obviously doesn't really contribute to provincial playdowns or Scotties or anything like that. But there are a lot of points involved. And if you win that Tier 2, you get into the Champions Cup. Yeah, Uh, You have opportunities to play in other Grand Slams. I think that might be the most important event uh, on the schedule in the fall, that Tier 2 event for these teams that we've talked about to really sort of stake their claim of, you know, we're here, we're here to compete, and we're we're gonna take on everyone. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that event will be huge for a lot of these squads. It really will be a, a good event, and and like you say, that it'll be wide open. Uh, from Absolutely. what we've talked about, you know that the focus is really on the top here at the women's game. So uh, let's why don't we go over what those final rankings are? Yeah. So our final rankings on the women's side: Rachel Holman one, Jennifer Jones two, Casey Scheidegger three. Chelsea Carey, four. Tracy Fleury, five. Chris McCarville, number six. Carrie Anderson, seven. Allie Flaxy, eight. Jackie Harrison, nine. And The Field, number ten. Now, that being said, of all the changes that we've seen this offseason, I think the biggest change in the women's game is from Switzerland. And the change that was made to Sylvani Terenzoni's team, mm-hmm. bringing on Alina Patz at third you have now two world champion skips playing together 
that I think is the biggest switch in the women's game. Yeah, it's pretty huge. It'll be it'll be a case again of whether those two skips can work together. You know, uh, the Tiranzoni's team has a real good dynamic uh, in watching them play, watching them uh, off the ice. You know. Uh, interact with the fans and stuff at different events it, they seem to have a really good rapport so we'll see what Alina Pats uh, can bring to that I you know she's seems a bit more buttoned up while on the ice like a little less dynamic and and uh but you know but that could be out maybe what that team needs could be too. it could be um, yeah. that personality wise and this is the thing too where we've seen it in the past where national federations have put people together uh, yeah, and so I haven't read anything about how this came about. If it was the players themselves who decided it, or if the the Swiss Curling Federation really, you know, pushed for this to happen. But if you could put two world champions together, uh, it, it'll be fun to see what happens there. Yeah, give it uh, a go in the in the Swiss. So, uh, and obviously the international game on the women's side, very, very strong. Anna Hasselberg having. One of the greatest seasons we've had. I mean, Sweden on both sides. We've talked about this in the past, yeah, yeah. but certainly season. Anna Hasselberg, a, a great team. That being said, Annette Nordberg did play in the World Seniors, and who would not want to see her back um, <laughs> in the women's game, or at least as a fifth? Come as the fifth next year to the World Championship. We want to like who? Who would not want to see that? Uh, I don't really want to see yeah, it. Yeah, Whatever. Fine. Okay. Uh, so those were our rankings for the women's side uh, after the big shuffle that we've seen in this off season. We will be back as we talked about last week. We are going to be doing Wednesday shows through the summer, uh, more evergreen type shows. If you have any suggestions for ideas, we have some some fun ideas that we're going to run through over the next few weeks, including an episode that we're going to record at Knoxville, Tennessee as we go to a summer spiel in Knoxville. So we'll do a, an episode about that. We have some fun ideas about fantasy, drafting, some stuff. But we're going to keep it going through the summer uh, because, let's be honest, the season starts so early now in curling with the first event coming in August. So it's not that long of an off season. So we decided that we're just going to keep it running through with Wednesday episodes. So keep looking for us on Wednesdays through the summer as we continue to talk about curling. If you have any suggestions, ideas, you can find us on Twitter at Game of Stones Pod. Scott is at Scott Lakes TV. I am at Dr. Shawnee Fever. You can email us any ideas, thoughts you have at Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. And please do subscribe to the show if you have not yet on Google Play, on Apple Podcasts, wherever it is you get your podcast. Give us some ratings, comments, all that fun stuff. So until we talk to you again next week, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final...